Hi and welcome. My name is Brendan Kelly and I'm joined in the studio today by Perry Martin. Welcome, Perry. Welcome, Brendan. And again with Christy Melling. Welcome, Christy. Hello, Brendan. Hi, Perry. Hey, Christy. It is great to have the three amigos together again, the dinosaurs and the spring chickens all playing the same game and having the same conversation. And the conversation is all about the generational shifts that are occurring in the process of selling and marketing. We started this conversation last week and the conversations covered off topics like the difference between the dinosaurs and the spring chicken. The dinosaurs had a perspective which was um, you have a professional face and you, you use your personality a lot as a, as a form of confidence for portraying what you're looking to promote and sell. And you had a lot of messages around selling and, and processes towards selling and promotions for what you're looking to, to, um, to sell to people, for people to buy from you. Our reach was much more limited and we were trained also to have our private lives be private. So it was a professional mask that we went out and performed with for the purpose of making a sale, for the purpose of uh, creating a win-win scenario with the customer because that was obviously important. As, to, as then as it is today. But in our conversations with Christy as it has evolved last week, we kind of identified some fairly significant differences. And those differences were that um, it is a far easier thing for the younger generation, the, the, the people of today, so to speak, um, to have a far greater reach with people around them. So as a child, I had people in the street that I could play with. Um, as a child, Christy had a whole world of people on Facebook and social media that she could communicate with. The, 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 the conversational perspective is very, very different under that scenario. Um, there was a, a far greater freedom for Christy and her youth to uh, share all her thoughts and opinions far and wide. Whereas as a, as a kid, I was trained, it's less about being personal. It's all about being uh, a, a more of a performance, a mask. You don't show your personality or vulnerability so greatly. Um, again, in the, in the sales process, it's for my generation, it was all about being professional. Whereas, um, today there's far more, far greater permission for being human and being imperfect, imperfect and being vulnerable. Um, and there's far more welcoming personality in there. What are your personality traits and how does that affect? There's a, a far greater authenticity in the conversation rather than a performance. And the a fundamental difference then of, um, where the whole concept for, again, my age was about um, promote and sell um, and messages around that and, and how, to, how to engage the customer so that they would buy. The conversation these days are far more giving. Let's give material, give material, and invite people to want to buy from us rather than take on the role of selling to people. So based on those highlights and those various differences that we've identified, the capacity for a change in how marketing is done these days is phenomenal. And the opportunity, therefore, by default, is phenomenal. And those who, who live in the dinosaur age and retain those dinosaur images about how things are sold are, are subject to the risk of actually missing a large client base, a large customer base. Christy, your more recent channels to market, we started a conversation around Facebook, we started a conversation around a couple of other channels to market, we talked a little bit about Twitter and, and, and some of the other names. I can't remember where it was a week ago. Quora. Cora, yeah, great. So, so where do you see those leading going forward? 
Um, okay. So I think this is one of the things that really overwhelms people is there are so many channels and people have to, like, they feel like they have to be all over every single channel with new content, with different things, with all of the, all of the whatnot. Um, and the, the fact is that every single day there is some other new social media platform that's trying to launch or trying to become the next Facebook. So I think the biggest thing that people need to do is they need to, A, one, I would say secure your real estate on whatever it is. So secure your name, your business name, all these sorts of things. If it's a new platform and give it a little bit of time, explore it, do this, do that kind of stuff. Um, but if you want to, you want to make sure that you're focusing on your channels. So, Sorry, when you say real estate yeah. on the platform, yeah. um, well, what are you actually talking about? You're talking just how do you make your presence on that platform? Okay. So when I say secure your real estate, that means secure your, um, your at handle or your handle on the, on the real estate. So, cause it's no good getting on, um, say Snapchat now or Twitter now and trying to get, um, you know, the, yeah, the entrepreneur guy, you know, at the entrepreneur or at the something or at the blah, blah, blah. Um, so I would go on to a new platform and immediately grab my name. So at Christy Melling, and then I would probably grab, if I could, I would grab, um, at feeling peachy, which is my peachy is one of my, my businesses that I run. Um, so I would make sure I get those two names. So I've secured those as my, um, real estate, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's like getting that kind of frontage. Yep. Um, and then I would explore the platform just a little bit. I'd give it. I give it maybe two hours of my time to just see kind of what's going on on there. What's, you know, what's sort of shaking around all those sorts, all those sorts of things. And then if I saw some, some clear ways that I could make it work for my business or for other people's businesses, then I would invest some deeper investigation into it and, and sort of see how it goes. But I think what people need to remember is that if you can create good content for, if you can create good con content for one channel, you can always use that content across other platforms. You can repurpose your content quite a lot. And I think it's overwhelming to, to a lot of um, dinosaur marketers to use your words <laughs> um, because it seems Karen, that's all about you. That's not about me at all. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, because they think, because what they've had to do is craft these very well formed sales letters. They've had to craft these, beautiful kind of personas they think that they have to craft that same persona every time they jump onto a new platform so it's it seems like this creation process becomes never-ending um and so what i like looking at people's content now so much of it can be taken and used again or and recycled like it's the reduce reuse recycle so You've got to take the content that you've already got and start take start moving it across to the platform and and looking at the platform and speaking in the right way. So, so how do you know which platform to start exploring, or is it just or is it just I randomly heard and then go and investigate? Um, well, I think if you haven't secured, if, if you're not on the big kind of three platforms, which is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, um, then then that's there's something kind of maybe not not right like you really need to to focus on your core platforms and facebook is becoming uh, as much as people don't want it to be maybe uh, it's becoming a utility it's mm -hmm. becoming a thing that everyone 
almost needs to have access to. Like if I didn't have access to Facebook and Facebook Messenger, my, I would die. My, my business would literally die. I don't do a lot on email, as Perry knows. Um, I do. He, he sends me messages about emails that I have to read. Um, so it's, but it's, it's one of those things. It's becoming a utility. So if you're not secured and focusing on those core platforms, then you, you're, not, you're not able to go and explore other places because you haven't secured your little island of social media. So, Christy, just digging a bit deeper into that question that, that Brendan asked you. Sure. It's actually the question I had as well, and, and, and I've got a couple of viewpoints around it and, and dabbling in some of these things. And as I say, dabbling, just a dabbler. Um, the, so what I'm hearing you say is you've got to be on the three main platforms, love them or hate them. And then what I've observed is every year there are um, um, emerging platforms that look like they could be big in future. Um, and in the past, someone like me would look at those emerging platforms, be aware of the potential and possibilities of those emerging platforms. But coming back to what you said before, as a dinosaur, I went, ah, oh, I can't be bothered. Gee, so I really have to try and work this, be involved in this platform as well. Because in some ways, you're, you're in these emerging platforms, you using your words you want dominant real estate on those platforms hoping that those platforms become big time right so so there's risk evaluation in that anyway and i've also observed that many of those things fall over so as an example you can look at uh periscope and periscope came out you know uh there's a whole been a snapchat there's been a whole bunch of things that uh look like they had potential as platforms people can spend a lot of time, effort and energy uh, getting those things and then they fall over. So there is a, a risk element to it. But coming back what, to what you said, which we dinosaurs don't understand, not fully, but I sort of get because I can see some of the software. Because I want to just dig into what, what, some of your solution around that. So I know as an example that there's software with a push of one button, you can deliver the content to say seven or eight different platforms. Um, Therefore, that minimizes risk in trialing platforms as long as you're using software that enables you to post to those uh, platforms in one go. Because it's the time and money put into platforms that may not return that, that cause you the risk, where if it's just, I'm going to click this and it goes to all these different places, then there's no extra time in doing your posting. Is that correct? Is that sort of what you're talking about? So what you're kind of talking about there is, is called um, content aggregation. So it's aggregating your content and taking one piece and posting it like kind of spray, spray gun across different platforms. The, the hardest thing with that concept is that each individual platform has its own unique, um, uh, say unique abilities, unique superpowers. So Instagram, for example, is a visual platform. It's, it's about beautiful pictures. It's about those impossible yoga poses that nobody really does. Um, it's about, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you, I'll prove it right it's, here on screen. <laughs> you, don't know that, you don't know that about me. Let's not go down that path, Perry. It's not I'm that gonna... sort of podcast. <laughs> Oh, oh dear, this podcast just went in a really different way. <laughs> um, 
Um, so, so for example, Instagram is a visual platform, uses lots of hashtags, people find you via your hashtags or find you via, you know, the kind of conversations that you have, have there. And a lot of people will be lazy and repost their Instagram posts across Facebook. Now, Facebook is a really different platform. Facebook doesn't use hashtags as much. Facebook doesn't like the at handles inside your, your content. So if you're aggregating your content across to, for using the kind of reposting um, function from Instagram to Facebook, you are not going to get the reach on Facebook with an Instagram post because Facebook is going to say, you're being lazy, stop it and give us your real content. Give us the proper stuff, like actually take some time to put some effort in. Um, I think content aggregators have their place. They certainly have their place, particularly for repurposing content. But I find that the biggest thing you need to do is you need to repurpose content to one platform. So you, you say you have, you know, your blog posts and you have say Facebook posts and things like this, and you're repurposing those blog posts to Facebook. Um, you're not trying to put one piece of content and spray it out across to all the different platforms. Because again, Twitter is not the kind of platform where you can do that. Twitter is a live action. Um, it's constantly talking about new things. Like if you go, the difference between the algorithm on Facebook and say Twitter, which is just a constant, like it's just a constant stream of consciousness, essentially. Um, you can't be reposting stuff to Twitter that you've put on Facebook a year ago because it's out of date. So um, it's about creating content for the right platform and then putting it to aggregate out over time. So, so, so Christy, sorry to, to, to interrupt, yeah, but interrupt. like, so when you start talking the way that you're talking now, so I'm talking about aggregators, right? Mm -hmm. And all the business people watching this are going, oh, Perry, that sounds so great. Like, this is so simple. We just press the button. This is really simplifying social media market. I like this I guy, Perry. Say, that had some great appeal to me. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, well, that's I can I'm do going, that. That's why I'm going down this path. So everyone's going, <laughs> God, I love Perry at the moment for reminding me that we can just press this button and it's not going to take lots of work. And then you come along with your tattoos and you're saying, <laughs> this is just stupid because you can't because do that. You can't do that. You're going yeah. to do that. Now, what's happening for the listeners, the dinosaur listeners, and I'll also be serious here just for a moment. We do joke about the age thing. But even a, a young business owner, a young person business owner, doesn't matter. As a business owner, young or old, young people might master this quicker than old people. But regardless, if you're a young, well, they will. Because I watch my kids around technology. I'm good with technology for an old guy, but they just leave me for dead. Um, oh, if it's any consolation, Perry, you, you walk all over me. I am... I. I don't think like a programmer does. I don't think like anyone in today's profession around IT thinks. I've people say, "Oh, this is an intuitive program." For me, it ain't. <laughs> there, there is there is a disconnect between how people think today when they're programming and how I apply myself to that. I make assumptions about. I mean, okay, so there was a, an ethos that, ethos that existed when I was young. When all else fails, and I mean when all else fails, then you read the instructions. Well, uh, so I'm, I'm relying heavily on, the, on the, the basis of intuition as a form of I should be able to get this. I'm not an idiot. I should be able to get it. But the, I f often find the disconnect between how programmers think, how designers think when they're building this stuff, and how I think is mammoth. And it, I, it's just so frustrating. Yeah, it's Br Brendan, just talking about, then we'll get back on track. Sorry, Christy. 
this is old guys talk. Um, it, <coughs> interesting because I'm around a lot of very smart people. My my wife being one of them, and uh, same thing. Like I do have, I can, I can hop on any piece of software typically and work it out in, in really quickly. Um, and I've been able to do that for many years. And then the kids take that further. But just coming back to what you're saying, I, I'm around a lot of very smart people who will, op I see them, they'll open up a piece of software and then they're coming to ask me questions. And I'm sort of looking at them going, you're smart and intelligent. This is so easy to work out because all software, good quality software starts to work the same way and it is intuitive. That's what good quality software is. And I realised quite quickly that, it, it, it's not their fault. It's the way they've been trained, the way they think, the way from the, as the older generation, we're not trained to think in, in, as you said, in developer speak. So that's why we call on the young people. But it is, it, it, it's got nothing to do with IQ. <laughs> just notice it. Now, so let's get back to that thing. So everyone's listening, they're overwhelmed because suddenly Christie's uh, really just killed the old guy's love of press the button and your content goes everywhere like magic. And you're saying no, because now what you're actually saying is you have to understand how to maximise each platform and then curate that content and position that content to maximise the efficiencies of that platform. Um, and the moment you start going in that direction, dinosaur and young business owners alike go, oh, my God, that sounds like a lot of work. Let's just, let's just go and do what I know, okay? So, so we need a solution for that. And I, uh, the first one that comes to mind is you, you need to have people on your team that specialise so, in. Yeah, yeah. So I think the biggest, the biggest thing is if you're – Let's, let's say, like, for example, let's take this, this podcast, for example. It's, a yeah. good, you know, it's going to be an hour. So it's a bulky piece of content. It is a really, really chunky piece of content. And so you've created this one piece of content and you know, uh, let's say Twitter, it's 140 characters, super fast. Go in, listen back to this, take out some of the like key excerpts and go, boom, there's 10 tweets that I can put out. You can schedule those. You can put a link to the podcast. You're done. 10 tweets, you're done. You then take excerpts of the video and you put the video and you create little videos. You cut them up and you put them up into Instagram stories. The day you release the podcast, Instagram stories, you've got 24 hours of Instagram stories. You've got 10, 10 different videos, little things that you can cut out of it. Again, take the same 10 tweets, say take parts of the video, take the audio, put it onto Anchor, take the audio and put it onto Apple Podcasts, take the audio, put it onto Spotify, take the audio, put it, and then take the video and put it onto YouTube. It's, it's frust it seems frustrating and like a lot of work. It's a day's labor. It is a day's labor. You're right, essentially. And this is, and this is the, this is the thing about it though, is it's about, you would have probably spent a day crafting a sales letter and so if you can spend a day crafting a sales letter, you can spend a day crafting 40 or 50 pieces of content that you can then aggregate out across time. So time is the biggest, the biggest thing here. Those 40 or 50 pieces of content don't go out in one day. They go out across a week or 10 days or two weeks. 
and your one piece of content that took you an hour to create and the day that it took you to cut it up into pieces then becomes 14 days worth of content across five different platforms. But, but Christy, like coming back to what I was saying, I get that, right? I, I just want to use an example. Like that's yeah. a, a lot of work, a lot of learning, a lot of understanding. And I'm just thinking of someone like Brendan, you know, um, I just want to have some fun here. You know, I've got to get that little snippet out of there and get that. I'm going to have some fun here, Brendan. You, you know, like, you know, Brendan to do that, for Brendan to learn that and do that, you know, with the dinosaur brain uh, uh, that just doesn't think fast around these, these platforms, you know, quite slow. Um, yeah, I love you. I love you. Way, Brendan's one of the sharpest guys. No, it's <laughs> sharp as. But anyway, this is an area he's not sharp. So I'm going to make Correct. as uh, I'm going to make get as much leverage over the guy as I possibly can right now. Okay, because this is one area that I know I'm quicker than yeah. Brendan. Everywhere yeah, else, I'm Brandon. significant. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, <laughs> you are. So, 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 Christy, like, I reckon, like dinosaurs, like Brendan, you want to just put out the pasture in, in some way. <laughs> No, if he's running the business, right, then I think it's faster to have someone that's not a dinosaur, someone that's spring chicken with with tattoos, preferably neck tattoos, right, because that really means you're pushing the edge of things. <laughs> but but um, have them look after these things for you so that Brendan can do what he's really good at, which is serving the client, teaching and training and helping investors get really outstanding results. So to me, it, it, it comes back to team. And, and why should Brandon spend a long time, a lot, lot of effort and energy to, to learn this stuff when there's young people that are already way more au fait and, and ready to use it? So that would be my take. To, to anyone listening, employ someone if you can. I think, um, and I think the thing, people underestimate the power of, um, like, there are kids out there and, and I, like, you guys are calling me a spring chicken and I find it a little hilarious, but um, it's, there are kids out there that are, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, they're at school, they don't know what they're going to do with their life, they don't want to go to uni, they don't want to, you know, do all these things and social media management is becoming a legit job like it is becoming a legit place that they can actually you know be creative express themselves they can be on facebook all day like you know for them it's like the perfect job and so i you know in finding a a, a 14 you know maybe a 15 or 16 year old who is happy to do three or four hours or five hours a week you'll get them for you know mcdonald's wages and you'll be able to train them. You'll be able to give them, you know, potentially like a, you'd be able to utilize some of the government initiatives for certificate fours and administration or, you know, for like school-based training, all these kinds of things and teaching them how to use social media. And it's, it's really funny because two, three, maybe four years ago, people would have laughed in your face if they said you manage social media for a living. And now I say to people, I manage social media for a living and they go, that's amazing. And I'm like, is it like, so, it, but it's, it is one of these things where if you've got resources around you, 
um, you know, your kids, you, you know, people who are probably wanting to do this and they're happy to learn the platforms and they're happy to listen to the content. And you'd be surprised at how much benefit you can get from, from just looking around and finding someone who isn't quite in, you know, isn't quite who maybe you thought would be able to do it. Um, and I wouldn't want Brendan to do it. I don't think yeah, that Brendan doesn't want Brendan to do no. it. No, <laughs> because the the reality is, like, in all honesty, like, I could take, like I said, I could take this one hour piece of content. I know, and I can cut this up in oh, a day. And I back you. I, I I manage the videos for the business that we run, and my ability to edit now is actually quite great. So I can take the chance. It's not an issue, and I can. Yeah. We can get all of the, the subtitles on or the captions on. We can create any form of content, separate the audio, edit the audio, string up. I can actually make people now say things that they actually didn't say. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but, but the idea is that, that while I could create that, I would not know what to do with it then. And I, I don't have the time and with the greatest respect, the inclination to want to go and learn social media platforms and all its idiosyncrasies with the difficulty I have with the computers as they stand today. Um, uh, it's, it's just too hard. So I'm, I'm more than happy to get somebody in at McDonald's wages to have a crack at it. But even then, there's going to be a bit of a disconnect. While, while I'm talking to this guy, this, this kid about, hey, put this stuff on some form of social media, they're going to want some clear instructions and there's still going to be a disconnect. We're still going to have to have a meeting of minds at some point around around what that looks like so um, are you suggesting i just go you know what here's a pile of stuff go and do what you want with it is is, is good so how do we then manage manage the control or, or the process of that existing so what i think has to happen is there has to there definitely needs to be um a conversation around creating what we call a content calendar um or a, a content schedule so when you're creating a content schedule, that's where you're saying, okay, um, we need five posts for Facebook. We need, you know, 15 posts for Twitter or 30 posts for Twitter. We need, and, and going through and actually setting those, you know, what the deliverables would be. So it's the same as like setting KPIs for a business. Like you, you need. So while you, while you say that, which is great, mm -hmm. how much time, just as a concept for people, as a guide for people, how much time would you spend on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as percentages of your time? Uh, oh, as for marketing. Oh, for marketing. Um, so Facebook right now likes you to do a minimum of three posts per week on your business page. Um, and that would and take that, you how long? Uh, probably about 20 minutes half okay. an hour right. yep, yep. But, yeah but, but in that Brendan she's not talking about the content creation no no. That's... no 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 that's getting the post right scheduling it in getting an image or a, you know a, a segment of video um things like right. that so, but, okay getting a segment of video so you're yep. saying that you'd find something cut it down and, and in a 30 minute time frame from i've got an idea to put something on facebook 30 minutes later it's on facebook and set up Essentially, yeah. Okay, great. Yep. Instagram? So Instagram, you're looking at, uh, I think Instagram likes a daily post. So you're looking at seven posts a week. Um, but you can utilize, it, it's what's best with Instagram is to utilize uh, reposting and looking at other people's like conversational content. So for Instagram, I would probably recommend about 15 minutes um, a day 
with stuff. So like that means just literally like sitting on your phone and scrolling through Instagram, which sounds like it's not a job, (laughs) Um, but finding, you know, searching the hashtags that would be relevant to your business. So you would be looking at hashtag entrepreneur, hashtag um, business, hashtag investor, hashtag angel investor, hashtag um, you'd be searching through those, finding accounts that look like they resonate with your account, starting conversations with the people inside their posts. Um, and you're looking at, maybe, like I said, maybe 10 or 15 minutes a day. Um, if they're people who you want to connect with, uh, you can send them a direct message. You can DM a few people and start to start having actual direct message conversations with them. Yeah, you can do that in 10 or 15 minutes a day. You can do that in your lunch break. Like you can literally, I literally do Instagram when I'm making my coffee in the morning. That's my, my general time I do Instagram. So mm-hmm. you'll often see a lot of coffee posts on my Instagram. Um, so it's, it's about, you know, dedicating a little bit of time to have the conversation with people. Um, and that's, yeah, 15 minutes. And then, and then Twitter. Um, Twitter again is because it's a a live action kind of platform. Um, I would be looking at around the same sort of thing as, as Instagram, searching a few of the relevant hashtags, finding the people to follow, uh, starting conversations in Twitter with them. Um, you'd be looking at having a consistent posting schedule of maybe eight, eight tweets a day, which should take, which should only take you there 140 characters. So it should only take you like, three to five minutes to create a Twitter post. So again, maybe an hour to create 10 or 15 posts. And if you're on a roll, just pump them out, put them into Buffer or Hootsuite or one of the aggregators and um, ask Edgar, I'm trying to think of any of the other ones that I know. Um, But you pop them into that and then they can go out consistently, but then you want to be following some of the hashtags and some of the people having conversations. depending on your strategy, if you're a, if, if you've got someone who's working on content, they can have a program that's a Twitter endorsed program called TweetDeck open on their computer. Mm. So if they've got TweetDeck open, they can be following um, particular hashtags or mentions. Um, And so one of the best ways to kind of have this kind of conversation with people is when you're looking at, um, say you're following uh, what's, uh, like Tylenol is a good one for headaches. So you follow Tylenol and people go, Oh, I've got a headache. And then you're like, I work with massage therapists. If there's someone in your area or someone who, you know, or you've got an online course around massage or self-care, you can follow you know, particular um, hashtag headaches or Tylenol. And when people tweet at them, you can reply and say, Hey, maybe, you know, hi, I, I understand headaches and they're pretty crap. And you sort of start a conversation with them. If you want to know more about my online course about helping with headaches, jump in into my DM and I'll send you a link. Um, and those kinds of things are a bit more reactive though. So you need, it is about kind of having someone dedicated to watching. Yeah. The right time, right place. Right time, right place. So, um, but those kinds of things, there is a lot of content that you can, again, you can take, take the time to craft and aggregate and put in and have it just slowly drip, drip feeding out. But then there are times when you're going to want to be, um, quick fire replying to people. Um, so like if something goes crazy on your Facebook, you want to have somebody there replying to questions or replying when, you know, like when there's a, particularly when there's around a problem or something like that, if somebody's tweet on your Facebook causing a problem, you want to be 
have somebody who's monitoring those things. You, you don't, you don't want to have a forest fire burning on Facebook and not know about it. Like, okay. That, yeah. There's a whole other like podcast there, but right. it's, it's, um, it's those sorts of things. You, you sort of need to have somebody who is consistently kind of just keeping an eye on these, on your audience and making sure that your, your, your message is consistent and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's so from, from your then 30 minutes a day, yeah, sorry, 30 minutes a week in Facebook, 15 minutes a day in Instagram and another 15 minutes a day in Twitter, let's say. Um, you're, how do you then convert that to a client, a paying client? How do they then come to you and say, I want to give you money? Well, it's, not as a, it's not as direct as that. So there used to be this very A to B kind of thought process. And we no, I, I don't understand where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> So I just spelled that out entirely. Yeah, go on. <laughs> so there used to be there used to be that process where you'd write a sales letter and then someone would would buy the thing, yeah. right? You'd or you'd post letter, on Facebook and they'd give Facebook you money. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, money. Yeah. yeah, it's not two thousand and six anymore. Yeah, um, thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> oh. um, so, <laughs> so the thing with the thing with people now is they will buy from you when they are good and ready. Yep. There is no, you're, you're, you're right. Okay. So it, given that it's indirect, what you're yeah. saying is we are building a presence. We are building a, a, a foundation of knowledge yeah. and reliability for yeah. uh, a consistent and authentic data content that people can then go, all right, I need help. And I know this person. Right. So we're talking about, like we said uh, last week, a long lead time, a long incubation period, a lot of nurturing, yeah. And then they'll come and find you. They and they find you on your fa uh, on your website, correct? Or, or on your website, or um, direct message you, direct some message you somewhere, or something like that. But I think the biggest thing is is the more you give, the more you're giving your content, the more you're giving to your audience, the more consistently you're showing up. Kind of the more right you have to ask them at some yeah. point for something. Yeah. So if what you've done is you've shown up every day, every week with your with your like your Facebook live show, you've shown up every day on, on Instagram, you've talked to people, you've had conversations, you've become a good community member. You've, you know, given value to your audience. You've replied to their messages. You've, you've spoken to them. One day you're going to come out and you're going to say, Hey, I've got this insert product here. Do you want to buy it? And they'll go, Oh yeah, of course I want to buy it. And you'll go, Oh, okay thanks and they'll buy it yeah it won't be there, there doesn't have to be any kind of bravado around it and there doesn't have to be any kind of anything because they're, they're going to come to you and say and they, they're going they, they're just going to you're going to say it and they're going to go yeah all right okay yeah. i'll buy you of course christy because there's, there's two things here that that, that i comprehend that shift in thinking that is such, yeah, it's such a shift in thinking and this is, is this is the, the couple of things I want to say to that because the first one is, you know, when you talk about, well, the first one is I, I think you're buying real estate in people's minds. That's what you're doing. So, uh, and this is an analogy I use in the old school version of marketing, but applying it to what's happening now. Um, you know, if, if I say the word computer, your unconscious mind spits up uh, Apple. Even if you're a Microsoft person, right? Your unconscious mind is going to spit up Apple. Now, what I mean by that, is I say the word computer, and whether you like it, see, Christy's going, no, I don't like Apple, right? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Got it, what happens the moment I say computer, your unconscious mind knows Apple. 
It also knows Microsoft and whatever your preference is. That's because uh, Apple is seared into our minds. It takes up real estate. Now, this is not the time and place for it, but I've done a lot of research, of course, with this work in how we are conditioned. And really good brands, governments, political parties, churches, in fact, very manipulative, anyone in power that wants to manipulate becomes very, very good at controlling the real estate of your mind. This is how big brands work. So when you need a product or you need something, the association's made with the brand that has the most real estate within your consciousness. So just so you know, both of your mum and dads have real estate in your consciousness. Okay? So when something owns our real estate, that's who we associate with when we have a need. So if you think of radio advertising, an example, I, I made some inquiries about radio advertising and they it basically said, you need to be heard seven times before anyone will actually listen. Um, you need to, so it, it takes that amount of time. Ads on telly, similar. You, you can have an ad on TV and, and you need to be seen as a consistent message for a period of time before it has any real play, which is why on a TV ad, you don't just do one and then, and then there's a massive conversion you need a presence that's consistent. So, um, Chrissy, you're saying exactly the same thing over the channel to communication is social media, not the, the mainstream communication channels being television and um, uh, radio anymore. No, there's, there's another aspect of that, and that is this, is in those media channels, you because you're being bombarded, right? You watch a television show, and then what happens is you see an ad. Now, what happens when you start operating online is you now control what you consume. So the moment, so you, uh, I'm watching YouTube and an ad comes up, my first reaction is annoyance. So yeah, this is really important. So we've now shifted from accepting ads as internet users to hating ads. Because we can, with a click of a button, can choose. Now, I, I want to come back to what I, what I was communicating about. So what happens, and by the way, it's even a far more crowded marketplace. Because in the old days, the only people that controlled your real estate were people that had enough money to influence media to control your real estate. Now, anyone, buys for your, your, anyone can buy for your real estate. However, because entry to, to market is so cheap, um, I always use the example, I can record... On this phone, which is not an Apple, Christy, on this phone, I like Apple, yeah, on, on, this, on this phone, I can record an entire workshop and it costs me nothing. That would be a day workshop. Years ago, I would spend three grand to have my workshops recorded. So we, we all have access to social media. So then we've got millions of people accessing social media. So we now have two things, millions of people vying for, for my real estate and my ability to click and choose. So ads don't cut it. So what happens now is I choose because social media now becomes a mechanism for sorting out who you want to follow and who you like before you enter buying cycles, which is a completely different concept and approach. And I know even from what, my conversations with Christy that my old approach I still apply that to social media and, and that doesn't work in a marketplace where people are building 
relationship and deciding who they want to follow. And then secondly, and sorry to go, to go into this, because what happens is through social media, it might take longer in some sense, but you're now you're getting people who love, like, and trust you and want to hear from you, which makes the sales process actually easier than it was in the old day when sales starts to happen. So the sales starts to happen because they've heard a hundred of your podcasts. And I also want to say something else because, you know, Christy, you were talking before and saying it's longer. In my experience, it's not necessarily longer. I can, I can create a piece of content and that piece of content can get me a sale uh, straight away um, because someone just really gels with the message of that content and goes, I need what this guy has, has to offer. So I don't necessarily think that it is a, a longer term approach when done properly and effectively and the right audience is seeing. You, know, you get the same kind of returns as you do from direct marketing with the added benefit of also building a long term audience who trust you because you're not just selling them straight away. Now, the, the yeah, that's it. I had another question for Christian, <laughs> but oh. by the way, it's really interesting. I, I now understand what some of my coaches, are. we do a lot of trainings with, you know, my different coaches and I've got a mouth on me. Everyone here has got a mouth on them. Um, some of my coaches have less of a mouth than me. I now know what they're dealing with. Geez, sorry, people that have to work with me. We're all sorry. verbose. We can it's, talk a lot. It's all good, Paul. We get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think one of the things that you need that, Radio, TV, magazine, advertising, um, all of these things, what you couldn't control with them, which you can control in social media. Um, I can't control who hears my ad on the radio. It just goes out on the radio. Does that, you know what I mean? Like, but that's not bad. Doesn't, doesn't that imply people who might have an inkling of an interest who would never spend any time on internet trying to actually source it out might then be triggered into a, oh, okay, maybe that is of interest. Maybe. But also, that's that's a pretty long bow to draw. Yeah. Like no, that's I, a long bow to draw. But yeah. it's one of those things where what what I think is the most amazing thing about um, social media, particularly social media advertising, is you as the marketer or as the brand ambassador or as the person, like the business owner, you can talk directly to the people who actually want to hear from you as opposed to using radio where you are talking to probably 99% of people who don't want to hear from you because they want to listen to songs on the radio. They don't want to hear from your ad on the radio. Um, and this is why things like podcasts have just exploded because again, it's like radio, but people can choose what they listen to. So I, I haven't watched a television ad in probably four years, five years. I have a TV but I only have Netflix. Like I have Netflix. I, I don't, there's no advertising. Like I don't watch, like I watched SBS the other day for the first time in about five years. And I got annoyed because it was on demand and there were ads in it. And I was like, I hate this. And I, I just, it's, and it's, this is mm. the thing. It's like, I want to, I want to see who I want to see in my feed, in my, uh, you know, all these things. I, I block advertisers from my feed on Facebook. If I don't want to see it, I'll block it out. And the best part about that is the more that you tell Facebook what you don't want to see, the more that you, you have this, you know, like you're, the more you're in control of your feed, the better ads you see. And so as an advertiser, you want people to be, um, 
dropping your ad. You want to have that high cost per click for the first little bit as people are saying, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this because it gives you feedback and you know, then people don't want to see that. So what's the next thing I've got to put in front of them so that they do want to see it. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? How do I get in front of the people who do want to see what I'm selling? And, and you can't get that approach with things like radio. You can't have that approach with TV. You just can't. You, there's no way that you can, can get the metrics or the feedback so quickly of an audience that wants to see a product like that. And that's the benefit of things like of, of using social media marketing. That's, yeah. that's the thing. So question, I, Christy, sorry. There's a, um, with, 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 um, all these different platforms. And one of the things you'll notice, Brendan, just see how Christy has a deeper understanding of how to utilize the platforms than we do. Of course. Like, 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 like the fine tuning things. And that, that's what I'm getting out of these conversations with Christy as well, because I can have a rudimentary understanding, but you can see the depth of insight from Christy. Well, one of the things that, you know, Christy's communicated to me around, and this comes back to the content calendar is consistency. So Christy knows, so, so all these platforms, Brendan, if you didn't know, they reward certain behaviors and they punish other behaviors. And what one platform rewards you for, another platform punishes you for. And so if we come back to content calendars and how you keep abreast of that, because, you know, here's the other thing too that it applies to this. One of the smartest things that we decided to do, this would have been 10, 15 years ago, because we, we have education for every area of business. We went, we're not developing um, education around social media marketing, because even then we knew it would change every six months. Um, and obviously within that six months, it changed completely. So anything that we'd created around education would have been null and void. So, you know, one of the things that I'm constantly caught out by is rules changing on platforms but all these platforms are uh, notoriously bad at communicating to the people that matter about what rules have just changed. Um, so you can be doing something last week and you're just doing it this week and suddenly you're being penalized for it. And, and again, without being an expert, you're just going to get done over time and time again. So Christy, how do you keep up to date with what, platforms are penalizing and rewarding what because it just changes so much so how do, how do you get that information okay so the first thing to remember um i think the last time facebook uh updated the algorithm was in january of this year so it's now october so if you're suddenly seeing a week to, a weekly change where something's changed it's not facebook it's you so sorry. <laughs> it's I love it. That's great. Like, Call a spade a spade. Yep. Yeah. So it, it, it's not, it's, it's this, um, people are lo like, people love to blame Facebook for changes and things like that, but they, they don't change that often. Although that said, there are probably at any one time about, I think about 30 or 40 different versions of Facebook running globally. So I might have a version on my phone that you don't have on your phone. I'll get, you might get features that I don't get yet. Like there's, you know, like sometimes mm. if you're in some of the, the Facebook kind of marketing groups, people will be like, has anybody got this feature yet on their Facebook group? Has anybody, you know, people will be like squirreling around for them. Um, that's a side note. Um, so I think the thing with it is, is when you start to learn how the platforms work and you focus your time on the platforms that, 
that work for your audience. So it's, it, there's a lot of nuance to understanding where your audience hangs out and where they live and what they're looking for. Like if I'm on Instagram, it's a different, I'm looking for different things to say if I'm on Pinterest, if I'm on Pinterest, I'm looking for how to make carved pumpkins for my kid's birthday party. Uh, you know, I'm, if I'm on Instagram, I'm looking for beautiful pictures of, you know, tattoo artists and different stuff on there. So it's about learning why your customer is on the platform and talking to why they're on the platform and then understand, sorry. And then understanding that when you're on the platform, that there's a certain etiquette and a certain way that the platform needs you to behave. So Facebook is about conversation between people who you already know. So it's about family, friends, it's about communities, it's about groups, all these sorts of things. Instagram is about looking on hash at hashtags, finding communities via those sorts of that, that kind of um, conversation. Um, it's yeah. Twitter is about every man and his dog kind of having a thing. <laughs> yeah. But, but Chris, cause I don't think you're uh, uh, answering my question because okay. where do you, you know, does Facebook and Instagram and Twitter have this, page that you go to that says if you want the best results you need to do these things this is exactly what you need to do to get the best results and this is exactly what you need to do if you don't want to get penalized see taking no. perry's point taking perry's point it's, it's a critical question yeah it's <clears throat> if critical we are yeah. if we are people looking to evolve our presence yeah, of of our businesses on instagram twitter facebook um and you're saying and we've suggested earlier that we need team members who are skilled in those fields about how to do what they do, there's going to be a disconnect between me running a business wanting what I want with my knowledge base and you know history of thinking, and who this this 15, 17, 20 year old kid that I get into to actually say, all right, you be my uh, connection, you be my interface between me and my world and and Facebook and Instagram and their worlds. If they're not thinking about my so they're going to need an intimate understanding of my customer base, my knowledge, my, the product we do, the content that I provide, you know, and, and to personalize that or have some, some level of experience in that as well as then being able to, to communicate that through from him, his point into, or their point into um, those particular channels. How do, if they've never thought, or if, if you're looking to train them up, we, we don't have the capacity or, or ability to train them up into to making that professional connection. If all they've ever done as a kid is just gone out there and been who, the, who, who they're going to be, correct? So, so yeah, how, how, do, how do we train that up? Where, where so, can we say these are the way to make it work? Yeah, because Christy, just case in point, right? You know, we're used to as dinosaurs, like a rule sheet of, well, this is how you do things, okay? And the reason I'm asking this question, I'm going to take a really simple, uh, just a simple thing. So as an example, if I want to go and put, a, I don't know even what's called the banner at the top of a Facebook group. Okay. Which is a simple thing. It's just an image. It could take me two hours to find out from Facebook. So I am going to blame Facebook. I'm not, I am. It could take me two hours to find out from, from Facebook what size that image has to be. You can, I do not see anywhere on any platform. So this is me as a dinosaur with a bit of a, technological bent saying and all the platforms I've used I've seen no rule sheets in fact I find them terrible and that I, I don't get any information to how to use those platforms so you're you're coming back to this question you as the expert you might tell me you're just finding out through trial and error and stats great 
Or you might tell me that you go to Instagram and there is uh, 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 <laughs> this page that tells you what to do. How? How? Because of what Brendan said. And sorry, just, just quickly, because as business owners, when we're employing people, we don't want to be blind. We want to know why they do what they do. We want to know why it might be working and not working. So we have to start to understand. We don't have to understand the details of how it's done, but as business owners who are responsible for our businesses, we need to understand why our people are doing what they're doing. In the same way as you might say to me, Christy Perry, I think you should do this because of this, this, and this, and this, and this. So how do you get that expertise if no one, if, if there are no instructions from the platforms and I can't see any, I've searched. <laughs> okay. So it's not, okay. First and foremost, it's not Facebook's, Facebook isn't going to give you the rules. They're not going to, it's a secret. The algorithms all, and like it's, they want to keep it, they want to keep it as close to the because it's their intellectual property. It's their proprietary it's what makes their, you know, their platform sticky. So they want to keep their platform as sticky as possible. And they want to keep people guessing because if they can do, then other people can't come in and, and replicate their platform. Not that anybody's going to replicate Facebook. It's not going to, it's Zucks is good. He's not, he's yeah, not. It's too big. It's too big. Yeah. Um, so the, the best thing to do, I think is to listen to other industry experts. That's what I do. I, I um, work with people who, who work inside Facebook ads all the time and they tell me what's working and what's not working. So they run um, like a, a couple of good friends of mine run um, hundreds of thousands of dollars through Facebook a month. And they manage ads for people who are running seven figure businesses. And I say to them, well, what's working in ads at the moment? And they go, this is working for this. This is working for this. This is working for this. And then you go in and you do those three things and you see if they work for you. And if they work for you, then you keep doing them until they stop working. So it really is about trial and error. Um, but then there are also other experts who speak to people at Facebook who they'll give you some insights. They'll give you breadcrumbs. Um, my probably my favorite thing to do is to listen to, um, I listen to social media marketing podcast to shout out another podcast on a podcast. Um, and I also listen to Digital Marketer, so um, the Digital Marketer podcast. Um, and you've just got to stay in touch with what's happening. So it's there isn't a rule sheet. Um, it's like but a there full time is a full-time job, Christy. It is just a full-time job, Perry. <laughs> and, and I just want to say something. This is dinosaur to dinosaur. So, so Brendan, like you can see how Christy just accepts that, that this is how the platforms operate. To, to me, uh, you know, and this is probably just the way we have been trained to think, it, it, I just can't understand why the platforms themselves aren't helping their advertisers be more effective and they leave it a mystery to find out for you. Christy's going dollars, which I'll come back to and ask what she means by that, right? Because you think about, you know, that's like the post office not telling you how the best way to write your, your address to get to the person that you want or any marketing course I did when I was younger. You know, you did the marketing course and they said, this is exactly what you do. This is step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, step six. We know this. This is the optimal way of achieving that outcome. You talk to Christy and anyone else that I've ever talked to in social media marketing, they're constantly trying to use these words and Chrissy's the expert. So she'll come and say if it's the wrong word, but it's almost like they're trying to beat the algorithms or understand the secret behind Facebook. So Facebook creates a platform, gives you no instructions <laughs> and leaves it out for that marketers and advertisers to work it out. And See, Christy, I, 
My thinking is far more pragmatic than that. If there are no instructions, there are no instructions. Seek the help who do who have had, had the experience with it. Um, and it's just yeah. a matter of playing with what you've got in front of you. Um, I, what what scares me out of Christy's last conversation is the time required mm. to learn it and get it right and the trial and error. The problem with trial and error, error. I mean, there is a big cost in error. There's a cost in time, a cost in confidence, a cost in dollars um, in, in getting things wrong and consistently getting it wrong. You just go oh, again, again, again. And, and, and then you might, you might get a bit of a win. You go, oh, buzz. And, and, and then crash and burn, crash and burn. And I, in, in running a business, I don't have the latitude for that. I, I don't have the capacity mentally to play those games and try and sort out a solution that I know is going to change in a month's time or two months or whenever the platform shifts, shifts again. And if we're talking about then employing somebody to do it, sure, they're going to have some experience, but I go back to the, what do they have to know about my own business and my product in order to get it right out there? If they're going to be the, the, the pseudo person I am or the pseudo person my business wants to be, I've got to train them up. And if they're, it, then I've got a bit of an age discrepancy. I've got a 20-year-old kid who's never run a business before and I don't know what to do for marketing. I've got an old fogey who's sitting in a chair saying, this is what needs to happen that we need to get out there. And there's a disconnect that somehow needs to be resolved. And, and Brendan and Christy, look, I'm really aware of time. Oh, that's the first thing. So, you know, I think we should be bringing this to a close, but with something like a caveat here because you know the more we talk about social media marketing the deeper the rabbit hole, the rabbit hole goes and <laughs> so i'm actually seeing because i'm going to actually answer the question from my perspective and i'll hand over to christy to answer it from her perspective because and i really get, yeah i already get where you what you've said brendan but i can actually see that this is we're going to just deepen into the rabbit hole so we're going to get together with christy some more because it's important so you you know that christy yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm loving that. Yeah. All right, lovely. All right, great. Yeah. Next week, yes. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, so, back next week. Yeah. There's a. There's a. So that question's a really important question, Brendan, and and a lot of listeners will be feeling and thinking the same. My my approach to that is relatively simple. Um, and Christy already knows this because she would have experienced this with me. So, what I try and do is minimize spend to test so it's a, my, my basic philosophy in business has always been sp spend a little amount if spending a little amount works meaning it's re it's returning a, a you know an ro return on marketing investment romi if there's romi then spend more and I, I think that's the great approach with social media. You, you are able for a fairly small budget to test to see what works. And then from there, you are able to just spend more. I mean, someone's foolish if they just come in and spend thousands upon thousands of dollars on social media marketing without, first of all, spending less and testing and, and measuring. So that's my approach. It's like, well, yep, that sounds conceptually good. Let's go test it and find out. Challenge I have is the nurturing. If it takes that much time to nurture for a, for a response, you might dis, you might uh, uh, walk away from an opportunity for a long-term fantastic channel to market because the nurture sequence takes as long as it does before the first, for want of a better word, conversion occurs to a dollar in the bank account. 
Yeah, so, but I, I, again, it depends on what you're looking for. So as an example, and I'll throw to Christy as the expert, but for me personally as a business owner, um, I have a, some idea or concept about whether something can be monetized just based on who saw, viewed, um, commented, liked, shared. Right, so, so a numbers game thing. You, you, the, the number of uh, reactions you get gives you feed for the possibility of a, of a process of, of, or a series of conversions. If I have this many people respond, then this many people will ultimately get in touch with me, then this many people will ultimately buy. Correct. It's, it's like, it comes like the same principle we use in, in our yeah. old dinosaur version, which is, oh, well, how much does it cost you per lead? That's not conversion. That's per lead. So you yeah. can start to get sense of that by spending, you know, like, you know, 300 bucks a week. You're going to get some real good sense. That's 300 bucks a week that you're spending on, you know, just testing and measuring and getting some sense of, 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 of the return off that. Christy? Um, I think what, the benefit of um so firstly to answer your question around um how do you sort of talk with your younger you know your say your social media manager mm -hmm. um you need to get you need to make sure that around your business you are really really crystal clear about what your business does what it delivers who it delivers to um i would solidly recommend any social media manager going through whatever training you do or whatever your business process is as a customer like have them go through the customer experience um, and that way, what they'll be able to do is deliver to your customer, the customer experience. So it's about as a business owner, if you're going to have somebody manage your social um, channels, you, you need to make sure that whoever's doing that understands, knows, likes and trusts your product, knows, likes and trusts you, um, has a really good handle on the voice of your business. Um, then then they need to make sure that they are getting trained and staying in conversation about what's happening within the social media community. So, um, like I said, the digital marketer podcast is probably one of my favorites to listen to just while I'm, you know, doing life. Uh, and, and then I, I mean, I'm now, um, working towards my digital marketer certifications. So I'm becoming a certified digital marketer. And, um, so, investing in training them and investing in getting them the best and most up-to-date training you can, because there are people who are training in this um, and who are, who are staying abreast of what, what's going on. So that's probably the two biggest things with, with social media. And I personally am investing my own money in becoming, you know, fun becoming a certified digital marketer so rather than, because I know it's going to be good for my business. I know that those things are, are going to be worthwhile. We lost Perry. Oh, he'll be ah, back. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. So, um, so the the other flip side to the cost and the ROIs and and the so it's about shifting your thinking slightly. Return on conversation. So people are looking at leads or things like that. It's return on conversation. So if you get the opportunity to get in front of someone and have a conversation with them, that's a lead that's the, the return on invest on, on your investment there. But also with social media, you can literally be running anywhere from 50 to a hundred ads, testing different copy, different image, different headline, different CTA, different um, landing pages. Like you can be running a hundred different ads and you can be spending 20 bucks like a week on ads on each ad. 
And then what you have to do is you need to look at the metrics, figure out what's working, kill what isn't working and continue what is and scale from there. So that's the difference between say radio advertising where you can only have one type of ad running at one time going out to a scattergun of scattergun audience, social media, you can have so many different um, versions of your product going out and you can be testing and measuring constantly. And that means that you can be killing what isn't working as quickly as you're starting something new. So, and it's important to actually not get attached to it and kill it. If it's not working, just delete, like press the stop button, turn it off, stop spending money on it and start putting that spend into what is working. And you can be running ads for 50, like 20, 20 to 50 bucks a day to get some good quality leads. You're not, it's not a whole bunch of money. And yeah, I just, I think as business owners, if we looked at say what we spent five years ago or 10 years ago, let's say on a yellow pages ad where you had one opportunity to maybe get in front of the one person who was looking for your one thing at that one time, then you use that same kind of idea, but you, you change the headline, you change the copy, you change the call to action, you change the landing page just slightly, you put a different colored button on it, you put a different type of image, you put a different type of thing. You can, you, you can then find exactly what gets in front of the audience at exactly the right time for them to go, that's the thing I want. I want to buy that. Or I want to find out more about that. And it's, it's, that, simple. it's that simple. Watching, watching this, people will be able to see that, that social media has a, is in fact a very powerful channel to market for direct marketing. Um, direct marketing to leads to a, a pool of people and attracting from that pool of people the client which is going to work best for your product, the, pro the client that is going to, that you're going to be able to help most. Um, the conversation has been fascinating and from the perspective of someone who is, who's not skilled at all in social, in fact, has historically rejected social marketing and social media as a, not a fad per se, but not something that I was, have trained to want to be in because it's conflicting with everything that I have grown up to be or, or what I've needed to be. This is a, a, a powerful conversation. We're just opening a door for a different way of thinking. And um, my encouragement for you watching this, listening to this, is is to try on the idea if you are a dinosaur if you're, or if you're at all hesitant about it, try on the idea that there is a real possibility here for you to be able to tap into a broader and previously untapped market in different ways and different approaches. Um, the world of access to, to new clients is, is expanding daily um, and, and through different medias and through different mediums and different channels. And our encouragement collectively is for you to explore that, tap into different ways, tap into to communities that have started to do this or, or peer businesses that you might know different owners who have started to do this. So you can start conversations and evolve the thinking of your own and get into those people, get it to who, who are experts in that field and start to listen to what they have to say about how to do it. It is a thought. It, it, it begins with a thought. It begins with a thinking and approach. And often, again, listen to this, depending upon your history and background, 
it may be a requirement for you to begin to think differently in order to be able to see it. And our encouragement collectively here is for you to try that on. Try on a different way of thinking because there will be a yield far greater than what you can see right now. Final words for today, Perry? Only thing comes to mind, again, I agree with everything you've said, is you've got to, and again, it's not an older person's domain. This is a younger person's domain. Um, but it doesn't so, limit the older person plan. No, well, that's what I was about to say. You, you actually need to go and communicate to younger people. Christy? Um, I, like, I would say there's no, like, there's no harm in trying. Just have a crack. Like, just get onto, you know, like, start putting some things on Facebook. Start putting some things on Instagram. Um, just see what resonates with your audience. And, and nobody's, like, nobody, the content moves so quickly. I'm not going to say nobody cares, but it's going to be gone faster than you can imagine. So just start now. Start doing something something whatever it is the essence of that is don't try and be right the first time it's okay to be human and to make mistakes and to grow into it allow yourself that latitude to do so exactly. and that way you can have a freedom to play our encouragement collectively what i'm hearing is play just go and play with it learn grow and play with it and and be at peace with however it flows out it is what it is and that's all great and that's what the journey is all about growing until we meet again invest wisely